Let's bow our heads for a little prayer. Dear kind Heavenly Father, we're glad to talk to you now. We want you to come and speak to us. And we need you today. We find that this world has made us weary and worn. And that the struggle that we are in is sometimes a little overwhelming. And so we come to you and ask for your help. And pray that you will hear us and come to our aid. Bless us, Lord, as we study your word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to begin a new series this morning, a short one for the summertime that's left, which isn't that much, but uh, we're going to begin that new series today out of the book of Psalms. We'll be in the book of Psalms for the next few weeks as we finish up this summertime season. Somebody asked me, what are we going to do in the fall? I don't know what we're going to do from week to week. I don't know what we're going to do. People change their mind every five minutes. It's hard for me to make a plan when they change their mind all the time. So we're just going to go day by day. I don't know how else to do it. But I know that God has got us by the hand. He's going to get us where we need to go. He hasn't abandoned us yet, has he? He hasn't abandoned us at all. And we're thankful for it. And so we're just going to trust the Lord for what the future has. And I'll tell you what, the day we get back inside that church, we're going to have ourselves a party. I promise. I promise. You'll never forget it once we get back in there. So we're looking forward to that. Our psalm today is Psalm number 34. Psalm number 34 for our text today. As we consider our beginning series from the book of Psalms. My mother was a wonderful cook, but her specialty was baking cakes. Oh, cakes. Everything from pineapple upside down cake to coconut cream, which was my personal favorite cake, Boston cream, eggless spice cake. And for our birthdays as we were growing up, we got to choose the kind of birthday cake we wanted. And I chose coconut cream, which was three layers high, full of cream and coconut. And uh, that was my choice for my birthday. And for my birthday present, I told Mom, well, I want chocolate eclairs for my birthday present. <laughs> See, I got a double whammy. And uh, she, she was quite happy to provide that. Her homemade fried cakes were delightful. I thought I'd never taste them again. Uh, Paula's Donuts is close. It's close, but not quite. All right. But I'd say one of her best concoctions was her homemade fudge. Now, I have eaten all kinds of fudge in my life. But my mother's fudge, nothing could compare to it. She tried to teach me how to make it when I was a kid. She said the real secret to making this fudge is knowing when to take it off the stove. So she would fill her measuring cup, her little glass measuring cup with cold water and drop a little tea, quarter teaspoon of the fudge into the cold water. And she'd stick her finger in. She said, when you feel it form a nice soft ball down the bottom of that cold water, then you quick take it off the stove. She handed me the measuring cup and said, feel it. I stuck my finger in that water, but I couldn't feel anything. I didn't know what she was talking about. Well, that fudge was perfect. 
And she used to make it on Halloween for the trick-or-treaters. We had a neighbor who put a bag over his head and come knocked on the door, said trick-or-treat. He got three or four pieces of fudge. Then he went back out on the porch, took the bag off, put a bandana on, knocked again, said trick-or-treat. He got some more fudge. He went out on the porch and he took the bandana off, put a hat on, knocked again, said trick-or-treat. Well, he finally went home with half a pan of fudge. He said he just couldn't help himself. He just had to have that fudge. And when mom got sick and she couldn't bake anymore, I thought to myself, I am never going to taste that taste again. But then we were singing Christmas carols around the neighborhood like we do at Christmas time, and we stopped at Grandma Rhodey's to sing some carols for her. And after we sang, she said, have some fudge. And I thought, well, I'll just be polite and I'll take a piece. And when I tasted I thought, Grandma Rhodey knows what that little chocolate ball is in the bottom of that cup. So I got to taste that fudge again. <laughs> now, Grandma Rhodey is gone, and I haven't had that special taste in a long time. I never will forget that taste. Unfortunately, I cannot explain the flavor with words. Can't do it. You'd have to actually taste it for yourself. That's the only way you would know what it was like. And in our text today is a challenge and a question, which is, what is your favorite flavor? We begin a short summer series in the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, you know, was the Jewish hymn book. Like our own hymn book, it's a collection of favorites, the songs we like the best. And over the many years, uh, we have lost that music from the book of Psalms, but we still have the words. And we also know some of the history of those songs that were written in the Psalms. So we can learn a lot by finding out... Uh, how the songs came to be and what circumstance caused those songs to be written. David was the main author of the songs. Others wrote songs, but he was the talented, gifted songwriter of a majority of the Jewish hymns and particularly everybody's favorites. And so today we look at one of David's psalms, Psalm number 34. I begin reading at the first verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David is all full of praise and worship. He's very thankful to God. And he says, I can't seem to stop. I just keep singing. I'm always singing about God. And then he says this, I'm going to boast. Now, common, ordinary people like you and me, we don't like people who brag and boast, do we? But David says, I'm bragging about God now. I'm not bragging about myself. Plain, every ordinary people don't mind if your boasting is about God. And then David says, you people who are with me, I want you to join with me and let's all sing together. So I wonder, who's with him? 
I wonder if they're going to join him or not. So let's see what this song is all about. Verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. David's singing a song about God coming to his aid. God is helping him. He marks particularly that when he was afraid, God was helping him. Now the circumstances are laid out up in the introduction, which we skipped over. If we look back there, it says the psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. So the whole story of how this song came to be is told for us over in 1 Samuel. I'm going to read you how this song came to be. What were the circumstances that caused David to write this special song? This is the event that inspired Psalm number 34. I'm reading in 1 Samuel 21 and verse 10. David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul. And went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up those words in his heart, and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hand and scribbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down on his beard. Then said Achish to his servants, Lo, you see, the man is mad. Wherefore have you then brought him to me? I have, have I need of madmen that you should brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brother and all his father's house heard it, they went down hither to him. And everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. So this is the event that inspired Psalm 34. David spent much of his early years running from King Saul. King Saul was obsessed with killing David, who happened to be his son-in-law. So David fled. Down and away from Jerusalem, down through the valley, uh, outside of Israel's borders, trying to get away from Saul. And he went to a Philistine city called Gath. Now, right away, when we read that, we ask David, what were you thinking that you went to Gath? Gath was a walled city of the Philistines. And Israel had been fighting the Philistines ever since the days of Samson. Samson fought the Philistines. Samuel fought the Philistines. Even King Saul had fought the Philistines. And most of all, David himself was famous 
for killing the biggest Philistine of all times, a 10-foot giant named Goliath. And Goliath's home was Gath. And you get inside the city and somebody locks the gates. Then somebody recognizes you. And they run and they tell the king, hey, that's the man the Israelites were singing about. Saul has slain thousands, but him, he's slain 10,000. And now David is locked up in Gath, Philistine city. They know that this was the guy who killed their champion Goliath. We got him. He's locked up in our city. David was afraid. He better be afraid. And I'm sure David said to himself, what was I thinking? His life is in very real danger. Bad judgment. Bad choices. My friend, how often do you and I find ourselves in trouble because of poor judgment? Huh? We've made a mess. We're in trouble because of our own poor judgments, our own fault. David thinks to himself, I'm in real trouble. I'm locked in the city of Gath, a Philistine city, the home of Goliath of all places. I'm as good as dead. And so he starts scribbling incoherent words on the gate of the city and he starts to drool. And there's spit down on his beard, running down his face. And he thinks to himself, what am I going to do? And we know, because he told us, he prays, God, help me. Help me, please, help me. Now the king of Gath said, I don't want some madman around me. Get him out of here. Get him away from me. Don't bring him in my house of all places. David is shoved out the door and somehow he found a way to escape out of Gath, out of that locked city. He escaped from the walls of Gaza. And you can bet your life he ran as fast as he could up that valley. He got away from Gaza and he ran up into the mountains and overlooked the valley and he found a cave up in the hill there and he's hiding in that cave. And as he thinks about his narrow escape, he sings a song about it. God delivered me from my fears, he sings. I was afraid they would kill me. But I escaped, and I'm going to sing about it. And the fear and the confusion that was on my face, I was terrified, you could read it in my face, has been replaced, he says, by light. My face is shining now, it's lit up. And I wiped the spit off my face. And I wasn't ashamed anymore. I was a sorry individual. A poor fellow, but I cried, God help me, and he did. And even though I was locked up inside the city of Gaza, inside the gates, I had the angel of God surrounding me inside of that city. It kept me safe. He protected me inside that dangerous place. 
so no one could hurt me. That's the song he sang. And now in that cave, David sets up camp and a whole bunch of people, renegades, outcasts, they all gather around him in that cave until he's got 400 men. It's those renegades and those outcasts and those fugitives who are gathered around David and David says, hey, come and sing with me. <laughs> isn't that something? That's quite a crew, isn't it? But there they are, inspired by David's thankfulness and they're singing along with him inside the cave. It's a strange sight. And it's even a stranger sound to hear those men sing. But there they are singing praises with David in a cave. Now my friends, if a song about God is a good one, Somewhere in it is an invitation for you to join in. Those are the best songs, the one that asks you to join in. Not just singing, but actually doing it. Calling out to God. Asking for help. So David adds now the third verse of his song as he invites those men in that cave to trust God along with him. Verse number eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. There is a seeking. It's a seeking after God. And I guarantee it always pays off. When you do it. It was Jesus. When he was on earth. Who said this. Seek. And you will find. And from that mountain cave. You could look down across the valley. Down there. See the place where he killed Goliath. And you might see a lion. Wandering through the valley down there. Down that valley was where Samson killed a lion. And David said, look at, look at, look at the young lions. They're hunting. They're always hunting. Always seeking for food. And you notice something about him. Many times they are unsuccessful. But I'm telling you, says David... If you go seeking after God, you will not be unsuccessful. God will come to you when you seek for him. And if you want to experience God's help and God's protection and God's deliverance, then turn to him and cry out to him and pray to him. And then David says, and taste and see that the Lord is good. Your palate, your taste buds, each one of you has certain favorites that your palate likes. 
flavors that you enjoy. Now, I love a fresh-picked ear of sweet corn. I like it all slathered up in butter and covered with salt. And I eat it down, and to my palate, that tastes really good. I love sweet corn. Once I was with my Uncle Ed, and he sent me to pick two dozen ears of sweet corn because we had company coming for dinner. So I picked 27 years because Uncle Ed always expected more from you. He always expected extra effort. Therefore, two dozen ears had to become 27 to make him happy. We cooked all 27 years and the company didn't come. So Uncle Ed said, you're going to eat that sweet corn. So I ate 23 years of sweet corn that day. That might hurt me now if I did it. But then it wasn't so bad. I worked from 5 in the morning till 9 at night. So, But I love sweet corn. It satisfies my palate. Each of you has something that you love. Something that pleases your palate. Now maybe it's asparagus. More power to you, you know. I'll be happy to give you my share. Maybe it's string beans or mashed potatoes. Each of us has something that we personally like fits our palate. I love my mother's fudge. It was sweet to my taste. You see, my friends, David's saying something. There's something about God that will suit you personally. Something that will please your taste. Something that you personally will enjoy about God. So he says, won't you try it? Won't you taste for yourself what God is all about? My friends, there's something about God that you will really enjoy. You might love his kindness. You might appreciate his creativity. You might be thrilled with his forgiveness. You might enjoy his mercy. You might thrive on truth. You might delight in his presence. Whatever it is, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's something perfectly suited to your palate about God. Something about God that you will love. And so David says, come on, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Don't walk around the fog. Don't live in want. Don't be tormented by fear. Go talk to God and experience his goodness and taste and see that the Lord is good. There's the invitation in this wonderful song. The message is try it. You'll love it. You'll love it. Verse 11 Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. He's calling to the men that are there with him in the cave. He says, come on, I want to teach you something about God. Verse 12. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Do you want to live life? 
Do you want to live long and happy life? Is that what you want? Here's what you have to do. Verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Control your mouth. Get away from evil influences in your life. Run from them. Get away from them. And instead go on a hunt. Go on your own hunt. Search for peace. Call on God for help. If you're hunting for those things, you'll find them. If you make bad choices, God will stop you. But if you call on God for help, he'll hear and bless you. And especially he will bless you, he says to us now, if you are of a certain frame of mind. Verse 18, the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, and not one of them is broken. If your heart gets broken, and if you feel alone, and you feel rejected, and if you feel the bitterness of a broken relationship, and God is especially interested in you. He's especially close to people like that. He feels your sadness. He knows what that's like. He sympathizes with your pain. You may have lots of problems, he says, but God can find solutions for all of your problems. Verse 21, Evil shall slay the wicked, they that hate righteousness, shall be desolate. But the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. If you leave God out of your life, and if you ignore his kind offers, if you choose other things, the promise is that you'll feel dull. You'll feel dry. And the word he uses is desolate, unfulfilled. But all of God's people who seek him and find him and find his will will never be dry and unfulfilled and desolate. David instructed those men in that cave and he inspired them with his music to believe in God and they became one of the most famous fighting forces in the history of the world. In the history of the world, there was no more famous fighting force than those men that came out of that cave with David. David was called the catalog of mighty men. Against overwhelming odds and impossible circumstances, they came out victorious time after time. They were influenced by David and his faith in God as they gathered in that old dark cave. Because... He answered, David says, his people who seek for God will find him. And those who trust in God are not going to be disappointed. My friends, I invite you today, taste and see that the Lord is good. Enjoy the sweet taste of God's love and his friendship. 
He's the best friend I ever had. Yes, he is. Now, I like my mother's fudge. I can't explain it with words. You'll have to try God for yourself. Because I can't really explain with words what it's like to know God and to feel him close to you. And so I invite you to taste for yourself. See for yourself that the Lord is good. And it is something that's so pleasant that I can't tell you with words. Let's bow our heads, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words and inspire us to believe and to seek after God. Not be like those hungry lions out searching and never finding. But to be like David and to find help and to call out when you're in trouble and believe in God. So help us to do that. May we find in God those sweet things that we will never forget. So bless us, help us to taste and see that God is good. Bless these people because they've been here with us today. And we thank you for the opportunity to gather here in this place that we might know that God is real. We might feel it in our hearts. Bless us as we search after you and find you. We pray your blessing on these people for being here today and ask that they will search and find and be satisfied and delighted And taste and see that God is good. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song in closing, I Need Thee Every Hour. It's on the front of your bulletin. Ask the choir to come up and help us. truth about God. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Stand together with us. Sing if you will. I need thee every hour.
Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Dear kind Heavenly Father, we come to you and say we need you every hour. And inside of us we find a hunger for you. And we know that if we just try, you would fill that palate with the best taste that we've ever had. So fill us up, Lord, with your good things. Help us to trust in you with all your heart. Bless us, Lord, as we do that. Thank you for being with us in our service and for spending this time with us under these trees that we might know that God is real and have him speak to our hearts. It's an honor to have you with us. We thank you for attending this service. Bless those now who have come just because you have been here. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.